For all you naysay doubters who said the A's weren't going to be good this year, I'm sorry, man, but they just went 11 in a row. Welcome to 52 Weeks of MLB Baseball, a podcast show that covers all 52 weeks of the MLB year, starting from number one to number 52. This is the 2021 edition. I am your host, Ian Young. Wow. A lot of things going on. The A's have finally stepped up. They're looking like the team they have the past couple of years. And Jay Bruce finally, Jay Bruce retires after 15 years. Big shout outs to my good friend, Anderson Davis for this swag intro and his good friend Josh Peterson for this also swag logo. Let's get into this with week 16. Whole wow. I was like not expecting a lot of news recently just because Carlos Rodon and Joe Musgrove threw no hitters. And yet here we come into the next week and Jay Bruce calls a quits. That's it. I mean, Jay Bruce says that's it. I'm I'm done with I'm done with baseball. I think I've spent enough enough time, so I'm gonna retire. Man, I was really hoping. Like I thought when I saw Jay Bruce, he retires after 15 seasons. He's only like I don't know 35, 35 years old. And when I saw Jay Bruce play for the Reds, I was like, really, I was like really hyped about this guy. He's an All Star. He was very good. And man, I just ho- I was just hoping that he you know continue his career better. And he calls it quits, and I'm like, oh man. So when he- we traded him to the Mets, and which was one of the worst trades also that I've ever seen, he spent a lot of time with the Mets. Uh, not a lot of time with the Mets, but a lot of time with the Reds, mainly in Ohio too, because he wasn't Indian. But when we traded him in the Mets, I I just realized when I looked at his stats. I was like, wow, this guy keeps playing at his rate. He might hit 500 home runs. Guess not, because my prediction on that, as again, the cow is back. He mo- The cow moved, and my prediction was wrong. So, Jay Bruce spent his last game as New York Yankees, sadly. I actually got the honor to see his last home run as a Red which was very amazing. We were at Great, I was at Great American Ballpark, sitting in I forget, not I forget where I was sitting. It was uh, down. It was on the right field line, and I can still remember hitting, have him hitting um, that home run. I forget what team it was against, but it was in the right field stands, and I could just still remember that. That was a pretty good experience for me, and. You know, not many people can say. Not many people can say I got to see Jay Bruce's last home run. Former first round pick, he used to. He got picked by the Reds in the first round, and another era comes to an end. Dustin Pedroia, I remember him being really good as well. He retired this year, and wow, I can't believe Jay Bruce is retiring. And you know, my the people, the people I actually used to watch when I was like, or I used to know when I was like 10, 11 years old. Uh, most of them are not there anymore. It's, uh, it's, or not as known. It's, I mean, it's like a new era of baseball is coming in. 
So Jay Bruce retires as a Yankee, and here's his stat line. 1,650 games, 1,455 hits, 319 home runs at the age of 35. That's where I believe that he could have probably hit 500. Batting average is 244. His RBIs were 951, and his OPS was 7.781. Not a bad career for Jay Bruce, one of the more solid ones. Again, I don't think it's Hall of Fame-worthy career, and, and that's all right. But I do believe that he's going to get to the Reds Hall of Fame. And I think the most two highlights you're going to ever remember Jay Bruce is from is from 2010 where he hit that walk-off home run against the Astros that clinched the division for the Reds, and then the walk-off hit for the Indians that sent the Indians into a 22-23 game winning streak, 23-game winning streak. Um, that walk-off hit, and then both of those walk-off hits, he was in the clutch, he had a cannon for an arm, and he could hit bombs. And... Again, another era comes to the end, and it's pretty sad. Moving on, the Padres versus Dodgers series number one was lived up to expectations. They went to extra innings twice. The Padres actually ended up losing a series to uh, one out. They only won one out of two games. The pot, the Dodgers though have been conquering the NL West as usual. They win two out of one against this against the Padres, but. Some news coming up, though, about the Padres-Dodgers series number two. And for all you naysayers out there who thought the A's were going to be bad, <laughs> they, just, they just won 11 straight, bro. I mean, come on. I mean, I thought, like, the, when I saw that, that the Oakland A's were the worst team in baseball after the first week, I'm like, oh, shoot. Because I, I had them as my wild card prediction, so I'm like, oh, the Cal mood again. So, you know, there goes that prediction again. No, actually, he was – I mean, the A's were very competitive and have been very competitive. They won 11 straight, 11 straight. You can get the help from Matt Olson, Mark Canna, Matt Chapman, Ramon Laureano, their pitching staff. Jesus Lozardo and Sean Manaya have been stepping up, and it has been looking really good for the A's. And right now they are tied in the AL West with the Seattle Mariners for the best record. So, yeah, the A's are being really surprising here. I was I was not expecting them to be in this good, and here we are, and they're doing pretty well. So uh, good for them. Hopefully they can keep it up for the rest of the season. Let's move on to the standings update from this past week. Wow, standings have been changing a lot, and it, I mean that's not really a surprise at all. I mean, well, I scratched that. The NL West has not changed at all since last week, but it has been interesting how the different standings have been changing up and how it's been going, especially since the A's won 11 in a row. Let's start off with the AL East. At number one, the Boston Red Sox, 12 wins, 8 losses. Yeah, the Red Sox have been playing absolutely good baseball. They look like their World Series selves back in 2018. They're playing absolutely well. They are hitting the ball well. Xander Bogart is showing up. Bobby Dahlbeck is showing showing up. J.D. Martinez is an absolute beast out there. Looking really well for the Boston Red Sox, and I hope they can keep it up. For the rest of the standings, the AL East, at number two, Tampa Bay Rays with 10 wins and 9 losses. Number three, the Baltimore Orioles, 8 wins, 10 losses. Number four, Toronto Blue Jays, 8 wins, 10 losses. And 
<laughs> Number five, and I am seriously, I'm not upset about this prediction going wrong at all. And number five is the New York Yankees. Seven wins and 11 losses. Oh, man. I've never been able to make this much fun of the Yankees in my entire lifetime, and it feels absolutely awesome. The Yankees, though, did win against the Indians, but I'm like, oh, man. I've never seen the Yankees this bad in my entire lifetime, and they are absolutely... Like, uh, they just can't figure anything out at all. And Yankees fans want Aaron Boone fired. They want Brian Cashman fired. They want, I mean, they just want a whole new team because they don't know what to do. I mean, they don't know what last place feels like. So the Yankees, those seven, seven wins, 11 losses. I had them winning the AL East, but right now I don't really care because I'd rather have that prediction go wrong because this <laughs> – the Yankees are just like something, 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 something. <laughs> All right, moving on, the AL Central. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I told you Royals are going to be sneaky. They are still at number one with 10 wins and seven losses. Carl Santana has been showing up. This offense for the Royals has been showing up. Uh, the pitching, it could be a little bit better, but their bullpen is pretty good. The Royals are a sneaky team right now and still keep a look at them because they are showing themselves as one of those teams to beat this year. And for the rest of the league, at number two, the Chicago White Sox, nine wins, nine losses. Number three, the Cleveland Indians, eight wins, nine losses. Number four, Detroit Tigers, seven wins, 12 losses. And number five will be the Minnesota Twins, with six wins and 11 losses. Yeah, Tigers, I'm not surprised that they're in fourth place. I mean, they usually start out really hot to begin the season, and then they really, really cool down. Uh, a thing for the White Sox, though, that was my prediction when the Central – and go to the World Series. The White Sox, though, their pitching is gross. Like, you've got Giolito did not have his best start against the Red Sox recently, but you still got Michael Kopech, Lance Lynn, and a couple other guys out there who can really deal the ball pretty well. And Dallas Keuchel, too. I forgot about Dallas Keuchel. So, um, I mean, the AL Central is going to be one of the tight, more tighter uh, divisions out there just because of how good they are. But, yeah, that is the AL Central. Moving on to the AL West, number one. We got two teams tied for number one, both with 12 wins and seven losses. will be the Oakland A's and the Seattle Mariners. Both teams playing at a high level. I never expected the Mariners, though, to be this good. The A's, though, have won 11 straight. They have not lost in 11 games, and the Mariners are finding a way that their offense can work without Jared Kelenic. They got Kyle Seeger out there. Kyle Lewis came back. Taylor Trammell is being looked at and is being looked at as maybe a rookie of the year kind of candidate. They've got really good hitting out there. Evan White is starting to show up as well, and you just kind of wonder how the Mariners are actually going to do this year, the rest of the year. I mean, can they compete with the A's still? I, I think they can. I mean, the A's, though, winning 11 straight, that's good. But still, I think I don't think the A's are as strong of a team, and I think the Mariners could have a chance to win the um, AOS this year. At number three, the Los Angeles Angels, nine wins, eight losses. Number four, the Texas Rangers, nine wins, ten losses. Number five will be the Houston Astros, eight wins, ten losses. The Astros just got back Alex Bregman. They still got a lot of other people hurt. And the rest of the division, I mean, Angels are playing really well also. Their pitching could get a little bit better, but it it's starting to look like 
that the AL West might be one of the more tighter divisions in baseball, if not the tightest. So that's all you got for the American League standings. Let's move on to the NL standings. All right, let's go on and let's uh, go to the NL East. At number one, Philadelphia Phillies, nine wins and nine losses. They are just ahead of the Mets, even though they've got the same amount of winning winning percentage. They have more wins than the Mets. The Phillies have been pitching. The Phillies pitching, starting pitching has been pretty good. Bullpen still needs a little bit of work. Offense has been showing up really well. Mickey Moniak got a call up, the first overall pick in 2016. Hopefully it's going to be good for them. It's a kind of like a Cinderella kind of comeback story that he had, and it looked like a bust for him, but hopefully it does pretty well with them. Uh, the only thing I think the Phillies need to do is their bullpen needs to get better. They need to find a way to keep winning, and I think I think they'll be pretty good off. Let's go to the rest of the NL East. At number two, the New York Mets, not seven wins, seven losses. Number three, the Atlanta Braves, eight wins, ten losses. Number four will be also the Miami Marlins with also eight wins and ten losses. At number five will be the Washington Nationals, seven wins and nine losses. The Nationals lost Juan Soto this past past week uh, with a strained calf, I think, or something like that. And, and it kind of really sucks, but um, they can still be a sneaky team as well. The Marlins... Their offense has not been showing up. Pitching has been really good, but their offense needs to show something. And then the Braves, though, they've got so many injuries right now that their their ace right now is Charlie Morton. Charlie Morton. Yeah. So it, it not really looking good for the Braves right now, but the Mets also, their offense starting to finally wake up. I think Francisco Lindor is finally starting to show himself and – Hopefully, the only thing the Mets really need to do is score with runners in scoring position. The NL Central. Let's look at this one. <laughs> oh man! Um, at number one will be the Milwaukee Brewers. Eleven wins, seven losses. The Brewers have been playing really good baseball. Corbin Burns, if you did not know, set a record. He struck out forty. He struck out forty guys without walking any hitters. Forty strikeouts with no walks. That is a new record. He broke Adam Wainwright's, and the Brewers have just been playing really good baseball. And that was my prediction on the NL Central, and hopefully they can make it right for me. At number two will be the Chicago Cubs, nine wins, nine losses. Number three will be the Cincinnati Reds, nine wins, nine losses. Number four will be the Pittsburgh Pirates, nine wins, ten losses. And not number five will be the St. Louis Cardinals with eight wins and ten losses. Now, get me this, okay? We had the Arizona Diamondbacks. The Reds had the Arizona Diamondbacks coming into the league, coming into their home ballpark. We with a six and ten record, and we had a nine and six record. Tell me, how did we get swept by one of the worst teams in baseball? They're not even competing for the NL West. Heck, they're only competing to see if they can get out of the top 10 in the draft. Next year's draft. I mean, and I have one word for you that explains all of this. Bullpen. The, uh, the Reds' bullpen absolutely sucks. And I am saying that with a passion because I'm going to give you an example. Game 2, Reds up 3 nothing. Tyler Malley's on the mound. He's dealing. He's gone six innings. He's only given up maybe a couple of hits. 
They take him out. They take him out and take him out for TJ Antone. TJ Antone is probably the best guy out of that bullpen right now. TJ Antone does really well, goes two innings, no hits, do really well. And I'm telling you what, they need to find a better closer because Mirror Garrett isn't just not getting it done. Mirror Garrett comes in and he blows it. Blows it. Three runs. Three runs. And then the offense can't come back in extra innings or the bottom of the ninth. And the bullpen did it again in the next game. And it just is absolutely stupid. It sucks. We did nothing to make our bullpen better. And we need to leave our starters in. Because I believe if Tyler Malley was left in for 7th, 8th, he might have had a shutout. He might have had a shutout. And I probably and I would have believed it. Our bullpen sucks. Carson Fulmer is also a very good guy out there. But he is now... Looking like he is losing it as well. And we just got swept by the stupid freaking Arizona Diamondbacks. That's all I got to say about the NL Central. Moving on, the NL West. Center number one will be the Los Angeles Dodgers at 14 wins, 5 losses. Dodgers are Dodgers, so nothing I have to say there. Number two, the San Francisco Giants at 12 wins, 7 losses. And number three will be the San Diego Padres, 11 wins, 10 losses. At number four, the Arizona Diamondbacks, 9 wins, 10 losses. And number five, the Colorado Rockies, the Jacksonville Jaguars of the league, or Cleveland Browns of the league, whatever you want to call it, with 6 wins and 12 losses. They're the worst team in Major League Baseball right now. Yeah, the NL West now is going to be really competitive with the Arizona Diamondbacks winning three straight in a row and having a 9-10 record. And... And sweeping the Reds, they actually have won four straight in a row, but the NL West is fin- looking competitive at now as well as the Giants are starting to sneak up on the Dodgers. Let's move on to the statistical leaders from this past week and just the statistical leaders all around this year. All right, the hitting statistical leaders. And it... Mainly consists of Ronald Acuna Jr. Uh, batting average will be the Atlanta Braves. Ronald Acuna Jr. with .419. Yep, he dethroned your mean Mercedes. He dethroned your mean Mercedes. Mercedes has not been hitting as well, and I kind of expected that rookie vibes. He comes up, he does really well, and then he gets a couple weeks in the major leagues, and people start figuring him out, and he's just not as good anymore. Well, he's still good, but like you know. Not as expected, you know. Uh, at home runs will be Ronald Acuna Jr. with seven. He No one's really competitive with him. He has not hit one since last week, which is very odd. The But J.D. Martinez is starting to come up there with six, and Nelson Cruz is as well with also six. Speaking of J.D. Martinez, he leads in RBIs from the Boston Red Sox. J.D. Martinez with 20 RBIs. He has been a offensive wrecking machine for the Boston Red Sox, the main reason why they're doing really well right now. And if he can keep it up, be the Red Sox actually might win the AL East this year. And again, stolen bases, Oakland's Ramon Laureano with eight. He has not stolen any since, I think, in two weeks. And it is, uh, you know, I like to see him steal more because, like, I like to see the stolen bases high and, you know, really well. So, but Laureano, though, eight stolen bases for Oakland, and that's all the hitting statistic, hitting statistic leaders that you need to know. Moving on to the pitching statistic leaders. All 
Well, we got a lot. We got also a lot here as well, and a couple of changes also. Yeah, for wins for pitching, we've got 13 tied, all 13 tied with three, including Clayton Kershaw, Steven Matz, and Marcus Stroman. Kershaw is going to be going up on the bump today for the Dodgers. Steven Matz is looking like a Cy Young candidate. He is looking very good. And Marcus Stroman is finding those easy wins with the Mets as well. ERA, we've got Milwaukee Brewers' Corbin Burns with 0.37. Look for him to also be a Cy Young candidate in the NL in the National League because he is a very good pitcher right now. The ace, actually, for the Milwaukee Brewers should be should be really good this year, and I it's fun to watch him. Strikeouts, we got Cleveland's Shane Bieber with 48 strikeout with 48 Ks. He's not as good as he was last year. He doesn't have the pitching triple crown right now, but he is still a very dominant force. He is very good on the mound. He strikes out a lot of batters and still look for him to be a dominant force as well with the Cleveland Indians. Walks, hits, per innings, pitch, or as I like to call it, whip. It's also Corbin Burns from the Milwaukee Brewers with 0.33. I've already talked about him, so let's move on. And then saves, we've got two tied, both with seven, and that will be San Francisco Giants' Jake McGee and San Diego Padres' Mark Melanson. Jake McGee is turning his career around very good. He is looking like a dominant closer, and Mark Melanson is also doing the same thing, looking like the Mark Melanson that we saw in Pittsburgh and in San Francisco and is looking absolutely good. And hopefully, and both of those guys look like they might be competing for the reliever of the year this year. As I said, Juan Soto got injured this past week, and it really sucks because, again, the cow is mooing. The cow is mooing on my predictions. He's on the 10-day IL. He was my prediction to win the MVP, and the cow mooed, and he got hurt. He's, I think he's pulled his hamstring or something like that, pulled something in his calf. He's going to be out for a little while. Hopefully they get him back because he's on my fantasy team as well. Helps me get some points, but, you know, that's all, you know, a whole different story. But hopefully they get him back because the only reason why that also the Nationals are really winning is with him in that order. He hits like an old-time player, but he also hits with a lot of power. Moving on to games to watch. Finally, we're on near the end of this episode. Games to watch, uh, and it's it's a couple of three good games. You're gonna have to hear how they go. Hear what I think of them. Hear I what I think is how it's gonna go. Let's hear the matchups of these three games. Number one, the Milwaukee Brewers at Chicago Cubs. That's at 2.20 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's going on actually right now. Should have started one minute ago. For Milwaukee, Brett Anderson will go up. He's got a 2-1 record, 2.65 ERA, and in, and with 8 Ks. He'll be going up against Chicago Cubs' Kyle Hendricks. He's 0-2 with 6.92 ERA and 12 Ks. Brewers should win this. They should beat the Chicago Cubs. Um, I, I think that Brett Anderson is pitching really well as well, and the Brewers' starting rotation is actually starting to look like a really good starting rotation. So look look for that to be a good game as well. At number two, the Seattle Mariners against the Boston Red Sox. They'll be at Boston. That'll be at 7.10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. For Seattle, they got Yusei Kikuchi, who has not won any games, not lost any games yet. 
He's got a 4.74 ERA and 19 strikeouts. Who going up against Martin Perez of the Red Sox, who's on one with a 5.93 ERA and 12 strikeouts. Yeah, Martin Perez and Yusei Kikuchi, I think it might be a high-scoring game. I'm hoping Yusei gets his first win or first loss. I, I, I don't know, but it should be a good game. I'm surprised how Kikuchi is really doing with his strikeouts. They're higher than he has been in the last couple of days. And in the last couple of years. So good sign for the Mariners. And for the last game, for and we have another series with the Pirates. I mean with the Padres and the Dodgers. Take place number two. This is uh the second game of the series at 10 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. For San Diego, we got you Darvish going up on the mound, who's got a 1-1 record with a 2.55 ERA, 28 Ks, and 28, yeah, and 28 Ks. He'll be going up against Clayton Kershaw who has three wins and one loss with a 2.19 ERA and also 24 Ks. Darvish has a uh, has four more Ks more than Clayton Kershaw, but still should be a really good game. Pitching dominance is what I'm looking for from both of these guys. Both Cy Young candidates looking really good, good looking really good starting at the beginning of the year. The Padres, though, etched out a win against the Los Angeles Dodgers on a clutch double play turn, turn by Jake Cronenworth. And they etched out the Dodgers 3-2 yesterday. They are a very good team, the Padres. Hopefully they can finally figure it out and finally win something because they are looking really good. All right, so that is going to be coming to the end of the episode. I am so glad for everyone who has gotten to this point gotten to this point uh keep listening to baseball and subscribe to this podcast if you haven't yet so you can keep up on your weekly updates of mlb baseball and next week will be week 17 i can't believe we're again 17 weeks in keep going keep going keep going thank you all for listening and i'll see you next week